Hey everyone, and welcome to the Rookie Life Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Prophet, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today for episode number 28. Okay, so today I wanted to talk all about going from a marketing major to public speaking, because this is actually a really crazy journey, and um, if you've ever met anyone, ever, everyone has a story. So this is just part of my story and how I am doing the things that I'm doing today. It's kind of like the journey of how I've got here because looking back, everything kind of fell into place at just the right time. So I'm really excited to share with you my story about marketing and public speaking. But if you're new to The Rookie Life, welcome. Let me tell you about the other fun things we talk about here on the podcast. We focus on what it means to start something new, even when you have no idea where to begin, how to develop new skills in all areas of your life, and how to find that it factor that'll keep you motivated every single day. So join us as we dive headfirst into what it means to be a rookie. Come on, rookies. We all have to start somewhere. This episode is sponsored by Ricky Podcasting, the perfect course for a beginner podcaster. Whether you're starting from ground zero or you already have a live show, the information in this course is designed to help you in the first five months of your podcast. In this course, you'll learn the strategies I use to start my podcast, capture an audience of raving fans, and reach a thousand downloads in under five months. But unfortunately, the doors aren't open anymore for 2018. What I've done is created a wait list. So if you're interested in podcasting or learning what it takes to start a podcast, go to crystalprofit.com slash rookie podcasting where you can join the wait list for 2019. I'm so excited for the course to open up again, but for now, I'm serving the customers that are already in there. But I don't want any of you that are interested in podcasting to miss out on the opportunity to know when the doors open again. So that's crystalprofit.com slash rookie podcasting. Hey Rookies, and welcome back to episode number 28. Before we dive into today's show, I wanted to let you know a couple of things. The first is that I wanted to remind you that we always provide the show notes for each episode. So if you're interested in learning more about any of our guests or the topics that we discuss, then visit crystalprofit.com slash podcast. That's crystal with a K, profit with two F's and two T's to see the show notes for this week's episode. You'll also find social media links for any of our guests so you can continue to follow their journeys. The next thing I wanted to remind you is to be sure and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. There are some really exciting things around the corner and I cannot wait to share them with you. And while you're at it, please rate and review the show on iTunes. We just did another giveaway and these are just so much fun. We're going to keep choosing random reviewers to receive some really cool Rookie Life merchandise. You can leave a star rating between one and five stars, but here's what you have to do to be considered for the drawing. You have to leave a comment on what you think of the show. And here are some things just to kind of give you an idea of what you could put in the comments. You can tell other people what you think of the show. Tell me topics that you want to hear us talk about on the podcast. Or just comment which episode is your favorite. 
but you have to leave a comment to be considered for one of the drawings. I don't want you to miss out on the opportunity to get some really cool stuff because who knows what the prize is going to be next time. Okay, now that we've gotten all the business side of things out of the way, let's talk about how I went from marketing to public speaking. So something that people often say to me or that I hear kind of just as a fly on the wall, like looking in different Facebook groups and just entrepreneur platforms and communities is everyone's terrified of public speaking. Like absolutely like do not want to get up on stage in front of absolute strangers You're hoping that you don't forget what you're supposed to say or you're praying that you don't have to pee right before you walk up there and you're just begging God to not let you pass out on stage. But for me, it's not that bad anymore. And I don't say that to be like, oh, you know, she's got it all figured out. But hang on, just let me rephrase real fast. Let me let me start over. I spent my life literally when I was a little kid, like around age four three and four, which first of all, I'm the baby of the family. So I kind of always demanded attention and I was the only girl. So I was like, Hey, everybody look at me, look what I can do because I just demanded attention from a young age. But I spent my time, my life as a little kid in front of crowds, whether it was cheering on the sidelines of a PB football game or standing up and speaking in front of an auditorium of kids for a student council meeting, which I did for a long time, or jumping up when the teacher asked for a volunteer. Yeah, I was that annoying kid. Like, oh, I'll help. I'll help. I'll do it. I'll do it. Like, this was just always me. I was always willing to stand up in front of a crowd. It didn't bother me. It actually made me more nervous to raise my hand when I'm sitting down in a chair to like answer a question. I don't know why. And it still does to this day. Even if, you know, I could get up on a stage and talk in front of hundreds of people. Yeah, my adrenaline's going and everything, but I'm okay. But if I'm sitting in a room, I remember being in college and we were in this one um, class. It was like intro to history or something like that. It was one of those freshman like required courses you had to take. And there was like three or 400 kids in there. And I remember lifting my hand and being like, my face was red. I was so nervous. I was shaking, but I was like, I've got to ask this question. I needed to know something with the homework or so. I don't even remember what my question was, but I was like, my heart was about to jump out of my chest, but it's not that way when I stand up in front of a crowd. So let me Just speaking of college, let's just go that route, right? So I decided to, you know, take all this experience from being in front of people from a young age, and I went to college to study business. And I found out that you can actually study, like, standing in front of a room and giving presentations all day. Like, you can major in doing that. Just stand up there, you know, do a PowerPoint presentation, and just talk about whatever ideas or strategies or anything that you had to share. So whenever I was in my intro to marketing or marketing one-on-one or whatever class it was, like this got me so fired up. And it's funny because I was originally a computer information systems major. Yeah, me. I thought I wanted to be a computer programmer 
until I learned you had to know so much about computers, like just going into the program. My grandpa was, um, he's a computer programmer and he still does a lot of freelance work today, but I always remember him saying, you know, he was never without work. He could always find something and he made really good money. And so as an 18-year-old who had to pick a major going into business school, I thought, well, I'll choose computers. And then I found out it was not for me at all. It was just, I was the one personality in there like, oh, yeah, I want to get up. I want to say this. I want to do that. And everybody just kind of looked at me like, we don't do that here. Like we we sit down behind the computer, you know, 15 hours a day and we just work. And I'm like, oh my God, like I just, I'm bouncing off the walls. Like I can't do this. And so I switched to marketing because marketing was the answer to my dreams of standing in front of a room and having everyone listen. Like I just wanted people to hear me. And I know that sounds very narcissistic if you think of it in a way of, oh, I just want attention. I want attention. But it's not like that at all. It's a matter of standing up and Saying something that matters, like that really, really matters. Not just saying, oh, look at me, I'm the best, I know all the answers. No, if you've been around here for a while, you know that is not the rookie way whatsoever. Like we admit, we have no idea what we're doing. And I will still tell you, I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but here we go. We're just going to keep trucking along. So anyway, back to the college years. I spent four years giving presentations about anything and everything, literally from businesses to nonprofits to ideas, strategies, services, pricing models, business plans, and even recreating companies from the ground up. Like I remember for, uh, it was either my marketing or a management class, I had to do a project on 3M. Like, right? Like the huge, huge company, they have everything from scotch tape to, I mean, just post-its, like everything, right? Like they just have everything. And I remember recreating this business and learning everything about it just so I could stand up there and sound like I knew what I was doing, even if I didn't. Like most of the time, I'm kind of just doing some improv stuff. Like, okay, this is what I remember about it. And this is what I found valuable. And I feel like I did a really good job and my stuff wasn't boring, I might not have gotten, you know, a hundred on everything, but that was okay to me because I still had fun. I wasn't terrified to stand up there and talk in front of other people and I didn't have to read off my note cards. So I felt like, you know, I was making it. I was like, I was in love with this stuff because it was during this time in college that I fell in love with talking to people and exploring ideas And what was really cool was at the same time, I was lucky enough to be working at my alma mater, Texas State University, whoop, whoop, eat them up cats, right? Where I had the opportunity to emcee many of the internal events on campus. So um, after my freshman year, or no, excuse me, after my freshman semester on campus, I realized I need to get a job. Like my parents were, you know, I was very blessed and very fortunate that they agreed to pay 
for so much of my schooling, but any of the extra stuff, you know, if I wanted to go out to dinner with friends, if I wanted to go hang out, spend money on whatever, I had to pay for it myself. So I needed a job and I was lucky enough to live on campus, like literally a five minute walk to the student center. And I had a friend that got me a job. And what I was is I was the assistant, the administrative assistant to the administrative assistant for the director of student affairs, which is kind of a big deal. Like that's a very big position on campus to be in charge of all the student organizations on campus. Like it was a big deal. And I loved my job at Texas State. Like to this day, that's still probably the most fun I ever had. And I was making like this was when you know, minimum wage was five fifteen an hour, and I remember it like you know jumped up to seven twenty five an hour, and everybody about lost their minds because we're college students, and it was like, oh my god, that's so much more money. And looking back, I'm like, wow, you know, we were we really knew how to make ends meet back then. But anyway, so um, another side note, like this job was just it was so cool, and being part of the internal events on campus gave me the opportunity to meet, oh my gosh, are you ready for it? I got to meet Aaron freaking Brockovich. How cool is that? Yeah, like the one that Julia Roberts played her in the movie. Yeah, I got to meet the real deal. And she was speaking on campus the night that I got to meet her, but because I worked for the school and I worked for the student affairs office, like I got to, you know, go say hi and do like this meet and greet and everything. And y'all like, she was just so nice, so down to earth, but she was like true to her character. Like she was dropping F-bombs all over the place. Like that night on campus, like so many times and it echoed like throughout the entire amphitheater. And of course, all the college students were freaking out. They're like, yeah, woohoo! You know, like, this is awesome because we're 18, 19, and we're all immature anyway. Anyway, I digress. But luckily, while I was on campus, I had a boss who really believed in developing all of her student employees, like all of our natural skills and our strengths. Like, she would sit us down and say, hey, what is your major? What are you hoping to get out of this job? And she really helped us develop those skills that we wanted to work on. Like for me, I told her I was a marketing major and I wanted to help out any way that I can. So she put me in charge of creating flyers for events that were held within um, our internal organizations. Like we would do you know, little Valentine's Day deals and Easter and just little things like that. I got to create flyers. And then I remember she asked me one time if I wanted to join, there was like an internal events committee. And I went and I said, well, you know, I don't know if this is for me, but I'll try it out. And I tried it out and I loved it. I loved it because I've always had like, the soft spot for event planning too. So it just kind of married like all of my favorite things together. And then I had the opportunity to emcee these events. Like she asked me like, well, you know, are you, do you want to help out? Like stand up on stage and introduce people and give their bios and then kind of, you know, handle all the segues in between the sections of the program. And I was like, uh, yeah, that sounds amazing. And everyone else kind of went silent on the committee. Like, really? You want to do that? And these were all 
I mean, I was, here I was, I was, you know, 19 years old and these other people who are, you know, they've worked there, like this is their career job. They've been there a lot longer. They're probably in their 30s and their 40s and they're kind of settling into their ways and it just cracked me up so bad because they just looked at me like, you are so brave to get up there and do this. But it was awesome because she gave me the opportunity to show up in a really big way at 19 years old. So along with uh, this other guy, we became the event MCs for the big like end of the year banquet every year. And this involved, like I said, being part of the committee that planned everything from food to the seating arrangements to how the program was going to be run. And I wasn't really directly involved in the flow of how all that went down because this was a professional organization after all. And they needed to have some adults like in charge of everything because you know what I'm talking about. If it were left up to the college students to plan everything, we would have either been way over budget or eating Totino's pepperoni rolls, right? Like we aren't really responsible yet. But during those three and a half years that I worked on campus, I got the opportunity to speak in front of crowds of familiar faces, which let's be honest, that makes it so much easier when you can look out into the crowd and you spot someone that is a friendly face and they're giving you a big smile. It's almost like that nudge of encouragement, like, hey, you're doing a good job. Like, you're not totally screwing up. Keep going. And they had awesome equipment, right? Like, people came in. There was the maintenance people or the audiovisual people that would come in and they would set up the podium and the microphones and the speakers and everything sounded amazing. So literally all we had to do was show up and say the right names, right? Like pronounce everything correctly, which was hard at sometimes, but we did it and it was awesome to be using like this really good equipment and I loved it. Oh my gosh, like I loved standing on stage and talking to people and hearing them laugh when I hoped they would because you never know. You never know how your crowd is going to receive you or how, you know, you're going to try to deliver something the right way and you just never know how it's going to go. And also just hearing them clap. When I mentioned a name of someone that everyone respected, like while I was there, there were several people that retired or they went on maternity leave and then they came back and like just hearing those claps and people like, yeah, like we, we really enjoy that person and pausing at the right moments. Like it was just so awesome. But the best part was watching them smile as I looked out into the crowd after taking the stage. It was just so comforting to me to know that they had my back. And I even got compliments when I was done that I had done a really good job. Like other student employees would ask me like, weren't you nervous up there doing that? Or they said something like, there's no way I would get on stage and do that. Like, that's crazy. No, I would never do that. Not in a million years. But I loved it. I loved it. It gave me life. Like it just filled me up in a way that I couldn't find anywhere else. Like it was just this high And I will say like now that, you know, I'm older and I've had more life experience, the only other thing I can really equate it to is like a runner's high. Like if you're a runner, you understand like you're just on those endorphins and you're just like shooting on all cylinders and you just feel amazing. Like that's what this was to me. So after that, I graduated um, with my business degree in marketing and I moved on with my life and I've been trying to find a way to continue public speaking 
I've had book signings for my book, rookie devotionals, where I was given the opportunity to say a few words in front of some kind of small crowds. I've led some Bible study devotionals in front of a dozen women, and I've spoken to groups of 50 or more mamas who were happy just to have a few minutes to themselves at the Mops group. But one of the most fun opportunities I've had is being able to share with you all of the things that I've learned. So today, I wanted to share with you some of the things that I do before I go on stage. I've actually compiled a list of the top 10 things I do, but I wanted to share with you the first five. So the first thing I do before I go on stage, and some of these are very obvious, but they are definitely worth mentioning, is I practice, practice, practice. Like, practice in front of a mirror, Practice in the car, practice in front of your dog if you don't have another captive audience, and practice any chance you get so you are prepared as possible for your audience. Like, I cannot stress this enough. Like, if you are able to get up on a stage with a microphone, even if it's not plugged into anything, practice. Like, get create your own podium at home or, you know, get on a riser, stand on, you know, the kitchen counter, whatever you have to do. Like, just practice, practice, practice for the environment and the setting that you're going to be in whenever you're speaking. The next thing, number two, and this is kind of funny, this is number two, but that's not the number two I'm talking about, but it is. It's go to the bathroom Because this seems like such an obvious thing, but trust me, like you don't want to be on stage pacing back and forth because you forgot to run to the restroom before you went on stage. Like work in a few extra minutes right before you go on to run to the restroom. And I speak from experience on so many of these things, and this is one of them. I've gotten up to talk before, and then I'm kind of like doing this dance on stage, you know, and everyone probably thinks, oh, it's like a nervous thing. It's like, no, I just had to pee, and I totally forgot, and I should have made time, but I haven't made that mistake again. I always go to the bathroom right before I go on stage. That's probably TMI, but whatever. We're good friends by now. Like, you should just know this about me. I share too much sometimes, but it's okay. So number three is look over your notes. So whether you're presenting with a slideshow or you're just speaking with a microphone, like look over your notes one last time right before you go on stage. And this really goes back to the practice, 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 because what I do is I'll print out an outline. Like, so let's say I've written an entire speech out And then I start practicing that speech until I get it down. And then I have just the outline with me the day that I go to speak because, right, I should know it by now. I don't need to look at it and know verbatim because I know how to deliver it. But it's always good to look at it one last time right before you go on stage because it helps you refresh your memory. And then you can make all the difference that keeping your train of thought, like remembering like what why was the reason that I mentioned that? Oh yeah, like, well, you know, I meant to talk about this next and then I'm going to segue into that. And then, oh yeah, that picture of me and my dog are going to come up on the screen next. Like whatever the case may be, it just really helps you be more prepared right before you go on stage. Number four is don't eat anything before going on stage. So again, This may be way too much information that I'm sharing with you, but it may not be the case for everyone, but some foods make me burp, right? Like, we're all human, and we can relate to that. 
But the last thing you want to worry about when you go on stage is having to hold back like a massive burp or worse, like, you know, muffling the microphone because you can't hold it back. Like y'all, I speak from experience on this. Like, I really wish that I didn't. I wish that this was one of those stories that someone else is telling to you and you're just laughing at them because you're like, oh, what an amateur, you know, she should have known better. No, this is me telling you this happened to me and I'm passing the message on, don't eat right before you go on stage. Learn from my mistakes, please. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just trust me, okay? And number five is wear clothing that you're comfortable in. The last thing you want when you're on stage is to be uncomfortable. And oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how many presentations I did in college in a suit that was either too tight or too big or I had on heels that were so uncomfortable that I just like my mind was like about to explode. Like your pinky toe, you know how like when you shove them into heels that are too small, then your feet are sweaty and you just know you're going to have a humongous blister when you take your shoes off because the shoes don't fit you right. And, you know, you would think, okay, it's not that bad. I only have to stand up there for five minutes. But uh, how long was that walk from the car, through the parking garage, through the camp? Like, no, don't wear stuff that's uncomfortable. Like, it's it's just not going to work out for you. Like, and especially if you don't have, like, make sure you wear a shirt that allows your body to move in a very natural way. Because the last thing, like if you're an arm talker, which I am, I stand up here, like I'm, I say up here, like you can see me, but I mean, I move my arms when I podcast. I do. Because this is how I naturally speak. I speak with my hands. And the last thing you want is to stand up there and you have on a shirt that your shoulders are kind of restricted back and you can't move and you're trying to, like, it's just, don't do that. Make sure you wear something that's very comfortable. Like try on your outfit a day, a week, a month before you go on stage. Probably not a month. That's probably not a good idea. Maybe a week, but at the very least, like the day of, walk around and practice and exactly what you're going to be in because you want to know, hey, I can't step up and down on stage because this pencil skirt is too, like way too tight. I need to walk around the stairs or whatever. Like just be comfortable in your clothes and make sure you can move around in the way that you're going to be talking. So let's recap those real fast. I felt like I went through those real fast. But number one is practice, practice, practice. Number two is go to the bathroom, please. Look over your notes is number three. Number four is don't eat anything right before you go on stage. And number five is wear clothing that you're comfortable in. But those are five of the things I do before I go on stage. And if you want the whole list of the top 10 things that I do, just go to crystalprofit.com slash tips and strategies to download the complete list. I just started this new resource library where I'm going to be uploading everything that's relevant to the blog and to the podcast and the other videos that I'm trying to do. So I'm going to be just chunking all of the good stuff that I have, the PDFs, the videos, like everything. I'm just going to be chunking them into this resource library. And you can find it, again, it's at crystalprofit.com slash tips and strategies. All one word, tips and strategies. And of course, this is going to be in the show notes, so don't try to write it down. You can just go to the show notes later. But anyway, I want to go back to you. 
do you have a fear of public speaking? Because if you do, you're totally normal. Absolutely normal. Like everyone has a fear of looking stupid or saying the wrong thing. But please don't let that hold you back. Because if you want to speak on stage, you can do it. You can absolutely do this. Like all you have to do is get in front of a crowd every single opportunity that you can. Like speak at your church and Bible studies count, guys. Like, yeah, it matters. Like those little insignificant things that you see them as insignificant, no, they add up to really big opportunities and experiences that help you get better. You can speak at your kid's school, like PTO meetings. Hello? I mean, I know we were at a really small school district and the PTO meeting still had like 20 or 30 people. I mean, speak there. Speak at your family reunions, like stand up and make a toast or say the prayer, like whatever. Like just just take advantage of every single opportunity that you can because every single one of them counts. It makes you better. It makes you more comfortable in your own skin and in the way that you deliver your message. Take advantage of any and all opportunities that come your way. You get better the more that you practice. And I promise you that fear, it starts to subside once it feels like second nature to you. I promise it gets so much easier. But I wanted to share with you some quotes from people that actually admit to their fears of public speaking. And I had so much fun looking these up because everyone has this fear. Everyone has this fear. Okay, so here's the first one. And it's from Kelly Clarkson. When I went to Los Angeles right after high school, I got some acting jobs and I never, ever wanted to be an actress. Public speaking and acting make me want to vomit. But I've never been nervous singing. When it comes to public speaking, I stumble on my words, sweat, and I pull at my clothes. So again, that's from Kelly Clarkson. Like, hello, she is a humongous pop star And she still doesn't like public speaking. She feels good when she's in her element, when she's singing, she's on stage doing her thing. But public speaking, like, it makes her nervous. Doesn't that make you feel better to hear these people say, like, oh, you know, this scares the crap out of me, too. Like, it made me feel better. Like, okay, I'm not the only one. Okay, the next one is from Regis Philbin. I majored in sociology and never took a single music-related course, much less any kind of class in public speaking. I had no confidence for it, none, yet I still had a passion for it that burned inside of me. Y'all, Regis, Regis Philbin, like, come on, like, he was terrified of public speaking, and like, looking at who he is now, and his career, I mean, it just blows me away that people, you know, have had, have had these problems, because I'm like, really, you did? But they do, and that's why I like sharing these stories Because it makes it all seem that much more attainable. And it kind of pulls back the curtain on no one's perfect when they start doing this. You don't have to be either. You just have to practice. Okay, I have a few more quotes. The next one is from Bill Clegg. Public speaking, for me, or speaking even in front of a handful of people, is my greatest fear. Y'all, I'm telling you, if you can master public speaking... Like, it is unlimited. You have unlimited potential if you can master this one skill because so many people are terrified of it. Terrified. They don't even want to try. 
even if you give them the opportunity to get in front of a huge crowd, they're like, nope, I don't want to do it. Makes me too uncomfortable. And that just blows my mind, which is why I honestly, I love public speaking. And I'm going to continue to pursue it because so many people don't want to do it. Okay, so the next one I have is from Hillary Clinton. If you're not comfortable with public speaking and nobody starts out comfortable, you have to learn how to be comfortable. Practice. I cannot overstate the importance of practicing. Get some close friends or family members to help evaluate you or somebody at work that you trust. Again, she said it. I'm going to say it. You got to practice. That's the only way you're going to get better. Practice, practice, practice. Okay, and the last quote that I have is from Scott Adams. We don't always have an accurate view of our own potential. I think most people who are frightened of public speaking and can't imagine they might feel different as a result of training. So don't assume you know how much potential you have. Sometimes the only way to know what you can do is to test yourself. And I love ending on this quote because it is my message to you. Like, You may say, oh, Crystal, like public speaking isn't for me. I have no desire to add it to any of my marketing strategies or anything in my personal life. Like it's just no, ma'am. I have no desire to do this at all. But y'all, I'm telling you that you can do big things with public speaking because so many people aren't willing to. They're terrified. They're scared. But it opens up a huge opportunity for you to do big things in areas where people are terrified. All right, rookies. So I'm just going to wrap up here and I'm going to say that I'm constantly in a state of learning so I can help you get better and be better and do better and do bigger things. So I have one question for you. What is your biggest fear of getting on stage? I want you to leave a comment on the podcast, message me on social media, or feel free to shoot me an email. It's just crystal at crystalprofit.com. And again, I'll put it in the show notes so you don't have to remember it. Like it'll, it'll be there. But that does it for episode 28. So remember to go check out the show notes and get all those links. Go grab your copy of the 10 things I do before I go on stage at crystalprofit.com slash tips and strategies, which is our new resource library I'm so excited about. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review. Stay tuned for next week's show. And remember, keep it up, rookies. We all have to start somewhere. 